Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to More Than Amuse podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone. This is More Than Amuse podcast, and my name is Sadie. And I'm Stani. Welcome back for another week. It's exciting because this week is Women's History Month, so I feel like we're more yes. relevant than ever. <laughs> Absolutely. The most relevant we probably could be is this <laughs> month of the year. And this is a cool topic. I know. What originally, I think, sparked the interest in it is I found an article on Twitter just about the fact that young female pop stars are like dropping the F-bombs in songs lately, more Mm -hmm. so, and it's maybe liberating, but also more profitable than it was in the past. And then I was like, I don't know how to turn this into a potential episode, though it is interesting. And then eventually it just turned into the whole conversation on rage and female rage. So I am excited. I know. It's it's really cool. It's a lot more nuanced than I thought it would be. <laughs> like, yeah. There's also a lot more to it. Like, people have done tons of studies mm-hmm. on this whole thing. We've talked about it before, like, in mm-hmm. our Sour episode, which the article mentions, you know, the article about female pop stars dropping the F-bomb, because Olivia Rodrigo did that in her very first debut single. And so we kind of talked about, not necessarily with the song Driver's License, but just that Olivia Rodrigo gets angry and maybe that's why we like her so much. And (laughs) so, yeah, now we get to talk a little bit more about that concept. Well, first off, I ended up buying a book because of this podcast episode. Yes. And it's so good. I okay, literally did not want to put it gonna down. Be purchasing it as well. <laughs> yeah. It, oh my gosh, it was amazing. It's called "Rage Becomes Her" by Soraya Kamali. And all I had time for was the introduction and like half of the first chapter. So I didn't have a ton of time to read a lot of it. But it's so good. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited then. Yeah, and it goes into a lot of like obviously her personal experience with like feminine rage, and then also just a lot of like scientific studies. Ooh. And so to start out, I wanted to talk about one of them. In 1976, one of the earliest attempts to understand how parental biases influence behavior, some research masked babies' gender and then asked adults to describe what they saw when they were observing them. And this is crazy. So they have no idea what the gender of the baby is. Obviously, babies, you can't really tell what gender they are they all kind of look the the babies look yeah (laughs) and adults saw different emotional states depending on whether they thought the baby was a boy or a girl so if they thought that it was a boy and he was being fussy they would describe him as irritable or angry whereas a fussy girl was more likely to be described as fearful or sad interesting so it goes clear back to like infancy we just have like this predisposed notion to assume that women are never angry angry. 
And then they also did it with art later on with some adults. So they had, and this was in 1986, so they had adults study different drawings and then depending on whether or not they thought the artist was a boy or a girl, they would describe the images as angrier, more violent, or hostile. Which reminded me of like our book episode we just did with like women can't paint and how men are, their art is so often described as like angry yeah. Whereas women's is more likely to be seen as sad. Yes. There was a certain article or what was I it? I think that was the podcast episode, wasn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. by the way, there's this amazing New York Times article feature called I used to insist I didn't get angry not anymore and there is a New York Times podcast episode where they read that article and it's so good I listened to it twice actually Mm -hmm. just because it really resonated with me and I really related to what she was saying but she talks about the fact that yeah she used to say like oh I don't get angry I just get sad and that's something that I used to totally see myself say about myself is that like oh I just don't really feel angry I don't get angry which like that's literally not possible like you're as a human being you will experience anger whether you're willing to admit it or not and I think just this difference between like the angry woman or the sad woman and how so often it's almost like we want to be the sad woman not the angry woman it's very very interesting and it's crazy that like in even these studies there was like this like example of it I know it's so nuts so then there was another quote from a book called we should all be feminists that said we spend too much time teaching girls to worry about what boys think of them but the reverse is not the case we don't teach boys to care about being likable we spend too much time telling girls that they cannot be angry or aggressive or tough which is bad enough then we turn around and either praise or excuse men for the same reasons. All over the world, there are so many magazine articles and books telling women what to do, how to be, and how not to be in order to attract or please men, but there are far fewer guides for men about pleasing women. And then another thing I wanted to bring up is, I also want to look at this book. I found this at the very end, but it's Female Rage, Unlocking Its Secrets and Claiming Its Power by Mary Valentis and Anne Devine. I am obsessed with that there are so many books about this. Yeah, like literally people have been like figuring this out for so long and yet I've heard nothing about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they wrote this book and then in it they said, when we asked women what female rage looks like to them, it was always Medusa, the snaky haired monster of myth who came to mind. In one interview after another, we were told that Medusa is the most horrific woman in the world, although none of the women we interviewed could remember the details of the myth. I thought that was so interesting. Like they even compared, Hillary Clinton was compared to Medusa during her 2016 presidential election. Most women in modern politics have been compared to some kind of like female monster. But the crazy part is, is that the mythology of Medusa, like the actual story of Medusa, is that she broke a vow of celibacy, like either by being raped or consensual sex. I'm not sure there's kind of like two sides to it. And so Mm -hmm. she was cursed by Athena for basically not being a virgin anymore. And that's... Really? Yeah. So she was cursed and got snake hair that would turn any man who looked at her into stone. So there was nothing about her that's actually like angry in any way other than the fact that like another female took out her anger on Medusa. Yeah. And like that's the origin of who she was. 
Interesting. Yeah, I actually, yeah, realized I did not know that. Exactly. So it's just kind of interesting how that becomes like a go-to figure of like female authority and female anger mm-hmm. when in reality at the core of it, she's still like a victim of And also people. too, it's like that the fact that it, <laughs> like when a woman shows anger or anything like that or some forcefulness that she's like automatically tied to Medusa, you know, like an evil, horrible Greek mythology like creature (laughs) it's just insane it's so strange that that tends to be the automatic reaction and then this is just some more quotes from the book that I thought were really cool so women are talked about their emotions earlier on in life and more frequently throughout their life like from a very young age you'll talk to women about sadness and envy and fear anxiety but they never talk to them about anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even looking back, I can't remember ever really having a conversation about like being angry as a woman, more so like being sad or frustrated, but not yeah. really ever angry. It, I mean, I know personally that I was totally one of those people who was like, oh, I just don't get angry. And like, uh-huh. I'm just always m- well mannered and I keep my cool. Like, I prided myself on that so much. But then now the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that like, no, I'm deeply angry. (laughs) Like I have so much anger. And the problem is, is I never knew how to channel it. And so Mm -hmm. I never knew how to get over it. Yeah. And now I've just been like sitting in this anger and I'm like, wait, how do I move on? I actually have no clue how to process this. And then I feel like you get stuck there. You get stuck in those emotions. No, exactly. And that's the thing. Like she said, women tend to isolate themselves when angry, mm-hmm. um, try and experience it in private as if it's shameful, pretend yeah. everything else is fine. She's told a story about coming home one day and her mom was out on the balcony tossing like their fine china off of the balcony like frisbees, like breaking every single plate. And then she just walked back in and cheerfully turned to her daughter and was like, so how was school today? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because you can't show that. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it's like, and so she like started to view like feminine anger as something that was like, had to be isolated, had to be private. You can't talk about it. It's not Mm -hmm. a part of your life. And on the flip side, like men are like, that's the only emotion that they're that ever they're able talked to talk about. about. Which is like also bad. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. Because yeah, men should be allowed to be like sad and all of the other emotions too. Like, and women can be angry. Like, it's just, it's not exclusive. <laughs> yeah, like emotions are kind of just a human being thing. So... And then it's at children that most of us learn to regard anger as unfeminine, unattractive, and selfish. Mm -hmm. Many of us are taught that our anger will be an imposition on others, making us irksome and unlikable. That it will alienate our loved ones or put off people we want to attract. That it will twist our faces and make us ugly. How many times, like, don't keep your face like that too long or it will get stuck. Yeah, I remember (laughs) hearing that, yep. As girls, we are not taught to acknowledge or manage our anger so much as to fear, ignore, hide, and transform it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this is really cool. She talks about how anger with men is often seen as a virtue, but with women it's seen as a fault. So in the United States, anger in white men is often described as justifiable and even patriotic. But in black men, it can be seen as criminality. In black women, it's viewed as a threat. And in the Western mm-hmm. world, anger in women has widely been associated with madness. Oh, yeah. 
which ties in so well to our like mental health and women episode yeah. where every time a woman would get mad at her husband he'd throw her in an insane asylum yeah like that was like a legitimate risk so yeah they like they teach men about anger from a very early on but then constantly phrase it as like a virtue within mm-hmm. men the, like rage and all of that is important to almost like competitiveness yeah I feel like that's what I see it as is like oh it's a good thing they're acting this way because they're just competitive they have the you know that fire and it's like I mean and okay that's a weird thing about having this conversation about anger and feminine rage because it's not like I don't want to encourage women to like anger is generally a destructive bad thing from everyone you know Mm -hmm. but at the same time like it does need to be felt it's just you need to learn how to manage it in a way so that it doesn't you know ruin your life because anger can yeah especially like we've all heard of like the angry black woman trope oh yeah Uh like I feel like that comes up in media a lot we talked about it in our film tropes episode Mm -hmm. kind of briefly but a psychologist actually did a study on like black women and rage and realized that it led to a lot of problems in their health later on in life it would lead to higher blood pressure than white Americans and that they would just like experience more anger and were expected to suppress it for longer because they oh yeah so then obviously not handle like yeah that has yeah. very legitimate effects on your body and even like Serena Williams she called out an umpire for something and then got fined eighty thousand dollars for an angry outburst mm-hmm. and then was like coined as an angry black woman for years afterwards and she even said, I've seen other men call other empires several things, and I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality. Just, you know, to like for them to be fine with a man doing the same thing all the time. Like, how many times you've seen a man get mad at a ref in a sports game? Yeah. And, and like I said, it kind of goes back to the, oh, they just have the competitive spirit. They have what it really takes because they're getting angry and they care like this. Exactly. And it's even proven that angry, aggressive men that are in leadership positions in a company are more tolerated than if it is a woman. And if a man becomes angry in a debate, more people are likely to abandon their positions and defer to his. But when a woman acts the same way, she's more likely to elicit the opposite response. Interesting. (laughs) So it's just, it's crazy. And yeah, it kind of talks about, you know, just like we view that like women need to be, you know, not angry. Like you can be anything else, but like you can never be mad. Mm -hmm. And yet men are only ever allowed to show show anger. anger. Because yeah, and it's like that double-edged sword of like if they're sensitive, if they're sad, if they cry, you know, that's looked down on. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. that's the default is like men's default is anger, obviously generally speaking. Yeah. And then women are taught pretty much anything but anger. I don't even know if I have it here. But, oh, here it is. It's like the women are more likely to cry when they're angry as if their bodies are forcibly returning them to the appearance of emotion, sadness, with which they are commonly associated. Mm. (laughs) Which is me. Every time I get so angry, I just cry. Well, the amount of times that, like, I've been... You know, like 
me and my husband don't fight often, but sometimes if we're, you know, discussing something and I'll start crying and I'm like, I don't need you to comfort me. I just, mm-hmm. I just am like, this is just what's going to happen. Let's keep on talking. I'm fine, yeah. you know, but I just have tears streaming down my face. And that's what happens. Like anytime I'm upset at all, it's like, I know I'm crying, but you don't need to like worry about comforting me right now. I'm actually angry. <laughs> yeah. I very much am a, yep. Yeah cry when I'm angry cry at all times and because my body's like what is this feeling and why are we allowing it to be expressed and I'm like I'm sorry I know I know we don't do this (laughs) I just think that's so strange like why is that such a thing is it like literally so deep inside our brain that we can't even be angry that the minute we are we just start sobbing Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I, you know what? The, maybe that is what it is. It's just our bodies are like, no, this is what you're trying to do. Like, you yeah. feel any negative emotion, like you're just sad. You just like, need to cry. Great. Even my body is sexist. <laughs> Let me be angry. Like, I am trying to be a strong, independent woman over here. Leave me alone. In that article, though, I really loved like this pointing to the sad girl versus the mad girl and i i want to read a couple quotes i really just that whole article and that podcast like i said i listened to it twice i probably Mm -hmm. like will listen to it again it was so good it was Um, phenomenal but she said in truth i was proud to describe myself in terms of sadness rather than anger why sadness seemed more refined and also more selfless as if you were holding the pain inside yourself rather than making someone else deal with its blunt force trauma (laughs) and i love that too because i feel like the amount of times that someone has like done something wrong to me and it's like has hurt me to the point that i had every right to be angry and i would be like no i'm not mad at you i'm just really sad Mm -hmm. like the amount of times i said that when it's like no, I was angry. But the truth was, is it was always motivated by like, oh no, but if I get angry at them, I'm going to make them feel bad. And I don't want to make them feel bad when it's like, no, they did something bad to me. I get to be angry at them and they get to face the consequences of hurting me when they're supposed to be a loved one. Agreed. Like even going through a divorce, I feel like I didn't allow myself to be angry until it would no longer affect him anymore well I remember I mean (laughs) we can cut this out if you want to but like I remember even the first time you told me about it you were just like I'm not mad at him and I was like you're not (laughs) but you're right like I totally relate to that of like you get to be angry when it doesn't affect the person anymore or maybe it's that we just have so much we could potentially be angry about that like it could explode and you don't Mm -hmm. want it to because like maybe anger is messy feeling so many emotions at once that it wasn't until later that everything else had kind of sorted itself out that you're not allowed to actually feel the anger in yourself yeah, exactly yeah I just feel like too often as women we just treat it as something that's not going to happen like we won't allow ourselves to be angry until it gets to the boiling point where like you mm-hmm. literally can't keep it in anymore exactly and, and it's like it's not fair better to forgive and forget and be nice and yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I I feel like it's not sometimes sometimes you've got to feel it first (laughs) and like sometimes it's just not okay and you just Mm -hmm. don't have to forgive someone I mean yeah now this is going to turn into like a personal pep talk here (laughs) it's fine but I I really just relate to this topic just because I feel like for the first I mean I'm still dealing with it now but like definitely like the first probably like 20 something years of my life I mean granted I'm 24 but just to show you how recently I feel like I've just started to deal with this 
I prided myself in never being angry and I prided myself in just being like a nice go with the flow. Nothing mm-hmm. really affects me. But like I said earlier, I've come to find out how much everything has deeply affected me and how much I've actually just pushed every negative emotion just away in a corner. And then when they all come back, I'm like, oh, oh, like I've just not dealt with anything. Like if you don't deal with the anger, it's just going to move to the side. It's not going to disappear. And that, my friends, is what I have been learning about. (laughs) Well, no, and I think that's the thing with like the sad versus the mad girl is that because sadness is such like an acceptable emotion, like I think you even have a quote here. It's like angry woman makes people uneasy, but the mm-hmm. sad woman is more palatable. Someone's sympathy. Like she looks beautiful in her suffering. Elegant. Yeah. Angry women are messy, more likely to cause collateral damage. And so I think like we're able to deal with our sadness. And I think women are able to get through sadness quicker because mm-hmm. we've learned over and over again this is what you do when you're sad this is how you figure it out like we're so used to feeling sad that you learn how to get over it quicker mm-hmm. but if you're never taught how to deal with anger and it's seen as so destructive so unfeminine ugly like yeah. you're forcing yourself not to feel it to it gets to the point where like you literally don't know what to do with this emotion but it's in every single part of your body yeah <laughs> I Well, I love this next part of the quote where it says, it's as if the prospect of a woman's anger harming other people threatens to rob her of the social capital she has gained by being wronged. And I love that because I feel like too, so often I knew that it's like, if I confronted someone like angry, they would just be like, oh, you're just crazy. You're Mm -hmm. just being, you know, like the crazy stereotypical woman when it's like, you're being unreasonable. I know I have every right (laughs) to be angry in this situation, but I, Mm -hmm. but also it's like, you know, and it like almost feels manipulative because you know, if you like start crying and you're just like, oh, but this just hurt me. This made me sad. Like then, you know, they'll listen. Mm -hmm. I, this, I thought was interesting. So in like the light of the Me Too movement. The article brought up a moment when Uma Thurman, there was a video clip that went viral that like during the initial swell of sexual harassment accusations and the clip doesn't show her getting angry. It shows her refusing to get angry and she's commending the Hollywood women who have spoken out about their experiences. But that, but then she said that she was waiting to feel less angry before she spoke herself. And the article says it, It was curious that Thurman's public declarations were lauded as a triumphant version of female angry because the clip offered precisely the version of female angry that we've long been socialized to produce and accept. And I thought that was interesting. And like this goes back to what I said earlier of like, I obviously don't want to like condone anger because it can be messy in ways that like aren't always great, like from men and from women, you know, but I thought it was interesting that people were so like, wow, she's waiting to feel less angry so that she can have a more refined response when it's like, no, if she's been sexually harassed, she has the right to be as angry as she needs to. And it's interesting how it's like we as women know, I think we have to like play the field and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much, but like I, in a smaller way, kind of relate to this. Um, (laughs) Just the, I, let's just say that I wrote a song and I wrote a lyric that said, now I'm the one to blame for your twisted reputation. And sure enough, because I released that song, I got a couple passive aggressive like comments about why did you say that? 
And it's like, why did you do it? Like, why did you make me write this song? Like, sorry that I'm still mad about it. Anyways, it's fine. I'm not bitter at all, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I get it. Like, it's almost as if, like, there can be no fault on them for the action. The fault has to be on you for talking about that. For the response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not fair (laughs) also like I'm literally doing it as anonymously as possibly could be in years later so I'm like no one knows I mean some people know but like that's not my fault it's fine I'm fine but I related to this story in this way we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists so I found this girl on tiktok her name is Danny Taylor. Her handle on TikTok and Instagram is Danny Taylor Music. D-A-N-I. She lives in Nashville and she's actually a country artist. And I found her because her song is going viral right now um, on TikTok. It's the she calls it the J name curse. I love that. Yeah. So she wrote a song about how you can't trust a guy whose name starts with J. But then she says, like, there's three men that I will trust to start with J. And it's Jim, like Jim Bean, Jack, like the alcohol, like the whiskey. Yes. And Jose, which is Jose Corrales, like the other alcohol. yeah it's really catchy super funny i think it's coming out pretty soon and i love that on her um tiktok she calls herself the country shakira so i yeah i could totally see that i was like wondering if it was going to be like the one j name i love is jesus and so i like that it was alcohol (laughs) (laughs) nope it's alcohol music talk about jesus <laughs> and a full disclosure did i understand it the first time i heard it no <laughs> because i don't drink <laughs> so i was like oh, i wonder why she's fine with guys named jim jack and jose like but all the other ones are bad and then i was like oh i guess you know like <laughs> maybe she just had good experiences with them but then she like showed a visual depiction she was like here's a visual <laughs> depiction of my song because so people funny. don't get it <laughs> And like literally held up the alcohol for each one. So and you're like, ah, really thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I love that. Love supporting musicians on TikTok, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, for my artist spotlight, I think I've spotlighted them before. And it's inspired to write. And it's oh, yeah. Amy McNee. But I wanted to specifically talk about their podcast, which mm-hmm. is unpublished.com podcast it is hosted by her and i actually think it's her husband yep Mm -hmm. i just stalked his instagram and he says this is my wife so yes they're very (laughs) cute together but i've been looking for new podcasts lately as i work from home alone and i need people talking to me to feel sane and so i've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and i really love their podcast if you're familiar with her page at all it's a space for all those who create and she shares a lot of quotes like for example on one of her posts like the quote is it is okay to keep creating and sharing your art during times of global unrest or even like just just like the concept of like just post it don't worry about money don't worry about embarrassing yourself the world needs your art so share it which is like obviously a message i mm-hmm. support um and so basically their podcast like i said just the unpublished podcast and they talk about just navigating your creative journey and it was really good i've been listening to and like catching up with their old episodes and like i also know that they have courses available and almost like a paid for 
podcast that you can like pay for a portion of it. And I like literally was thinking about purchasing it. It's like $20 and you get access to special certain podcast episodes and like it was so good that I was like oh I think I might want to purchase that so if that doesn't like you know tell you to go check out their free one I don't know what will because I literally was like yeah I would like to pay $20 to get more of this so it's a good episode check it out again it's just the unpublished podcast all right now back to the show Yeah, it even reminds me in the book Rage Becomes Her, she was talking about her daughter in preschool Mm -hmm. and how every day she would build like a tower out of blocks and then this little boy, the same little boy, every single day would come over and knock down her blocks. Mm. And she said that she regretted it as a mother because instead of like talking to her daughter about like, okay, how does this make you feel? She started teaching her daughter on ways to deal with this in like a good civilized way like okay Mm. well maybe move to a different part of the room or ask him nicely not to gently body block him from knocking down your blocks and every time she talked to the parents of the little boy about it they would just say oh but it's too much of a temptation for him he can't help himself boys Mm -hmm. will be boys and like yeah it's just blocks but at the same time like you're teaching both of them from a very early age I get to do whatever I want because it's too tempting for me to not do it. Yeah. So I'm allowed to express my anger in this way because that's normal for my gender. Where she has to try and come up with every single possible way other than getting angry in order to stop him from doing what he wants to do. Mm, and it's interesting. just like completely invalidating both of their emotions because instead of helping him recognize why he's doing that mm-hmm. and solve it so that he doesn't anymore or like allowing her to feel the way that she needs to feel like it was just invalidating to both of them so she said at the end she feels like she failed both of them in that moment because the boy didn't learn anything and the girl technically learned too much (laughs) yeah to handle someone else's emotions yeah (laughs) i'm gonna another personal story but you know i don't think a lot of people from my personal life listen to this so (laughs) hey if anyone is congratulations here's a little bit more gossip but i remember like when i was 18 I went on like this really big like Twitter rant about somebody who had hurt my feelings it was anonymously and here's the thing is it mature to like unleash on someone on social media and like subtweet them no it's (laughs) not I know that but here's the thing I was angry Mm -hmm. and What was funny is I got a talking to from someone related to the person that I, you know, went off about. And the end of the conversation pretty much just turned into me being like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I know it was immature for me to put that on social media and I won't do it again, whatever. And this kind of goes back to what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what the answer is because like, yeah, is it immature to air out your grievances with someone else on social media? Yeah, it is. But also, now that I've like looked back and thought about it, I was like, I don't feel like there was enough acknowledgement on like, hey, maybe what she was saying was like true. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And if yeah. it was true, what does this mean? It was rather like, why would you put this for everyone to read? And it's like, you know, I feel like there can be a way that you don't have to minimize yourself and like not talk about the things you've gone through and the things that have hurt you without I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say no maybe I'm posing the question of like what do you think is the right way or the wrong way or you know know, 
this reminded me of like we talked about the mean girl trope yeah and how a lot of the times like people have looked back on it and realized that the mean girl is literally just like suppressed rage within a woman (laughs) and how because women are never given an outlet like especially teenage girls like men have sports like go express your rage like knock people to the ground you know like Mm -hmm. get it all out of you whereas women are never given that a lot of the times that's why they become mean girls like they gossip you know like they Mm -hmm. throw insults behind people's backs if you look at Regina George, the only reason she's able to get over anything is she ends up joining, like, what, the lacrosse team or yeah, something? Uh-huh. And then she has, like, a way to express herself and, like, let out that anger. Rage, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's why, like, Twitter rants and stuff like that happen. Like, I definitely was guilty of it <laughs> many times. Yes, I still tend to sometimes. Just it's so like, easy. Yeah, and you've got to have an outlet. Like, you have to get it out of you somehow because it's poisonous. You can't just let it fester inside of you. And if mm-hmm. you don't have any other outlet as a woman, like I don't have China to go throw off the balcony like a frisbee. <laughs> so yeah. what am I gonna do? Like I'm gonna go tweet about it. Yeah. Well, and I also think too, there's like also this weird balance of like not talking about the things that hurt you. Mm. Because the truth is, like, if someone hurt you and if you're gonna talk about your life or like in my case like create art about your life, like I'm gonna talk about the ways that that person hurt me. And yeah. And I think, like, when is that right? When is it wrong? When is it taking it too far? I don't know. But at the same time, I think that I get to be angry about it. And I think I get to talk about it. Agreed. It's your experience. Mm -hmm. Deal with it however you need to. That's what I think, too. And I love that you brought up the difference between the original All Too Well versus the 10-minute version. I've mentioned this. I think I could write a whole thesis, and I think I will. Um, (laughs) maybe you should (laughs) I think I could do it but I think the difference between the 10 minute all too well versus the original is that the 10 minute version is the angry girl and the original one is the sad girl Mm -hmm. and I think that and by the way it's Taylor Swift's all too well in case we have any non-Swifties if you've been under a rock (laughs) if this is the first episode you've listened to (laughs) we are really big Taylor Swift fans yes Um, (laughs) But when All Too Well, the 10-minute version came out, then came back all the criticism that Taylor Swift generally gets of like, it's been this many years, it's time to move on, this is embarrassing, you know? And and I think though, like what the 10-minute version does is it has the more mature version of yourself looking back at a situation and realizing how messed up it was. Oh, yeah. I found like a thing that was like the they bolded all of the lyrics that were added in the 10 minute version and then left all of the other ones unbolded and reading through because I was like I just want to like a little refresher you know like I knew what the new parts are but like I want to remember what the old one sounded like and it literally she allowed herself to finally put in all of the parts that placed more blame on him for the relationship before mm-hmm. that it was like it was just a sad relationship that She'll yeah. always remember and it's over and he just didn't want her and she's really sad about it. Mm-hmm. Like I think even in the Be There in Five, she did like a breakdown. The oh, podcast I Be There in Five. Yeah. love that episode. Yes. She did a breakdown on the 10 minute version of All Too Well. And she even talked about that. That like in the original, it's like kind of a romanticized version of a broken relationship where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it wasn't really bad or good. It just kind of fell apart and I'm sad about it. Yeah. Whereas in the 10 minute version, it was literally like this was ridiculous toxic yeah and I'm so heartbroken because I was so taken advantage of 
And I think that like at the time she probably wrote those lyrics in the anger, but then was like, oh, I can't say that. Mm -hmm. I can't say that. But then now, like I said, like as time moves on, I think you're able to look back at yourself and one, have compassion for a younger version of yourself and realize the situations that you were in and then be like, oh, like that was just not right. And it's Mm -hmm. the angry woman who comes out and says, no, how dare you? Like, how dare you treat me this way? And there's also like this weird anger towards yourself of like allowing that to happen, which like obviously isn't correct, but I think like even within my own relationship, I remember at the end of it being like, oh, I could never hate him, you know, (laughs) like, oh, I could never like I just I loved him too much to ever hate him. Uh-huh. And then you think of like the Selena Gomez song where it's like, I needed to hate you to love me. Love like you. I needed mm-hmm. yeah, to love like, me. I, oh, I love that song. Yeah. Like I've got to figure like there's some point where you just have to like, you've got to recognize You get to dislike people. Yeah. And that, yeah. <laughs> I, I relate to that too. Cause I feel like, yeah, there was a part of me that was like, no, I'll always love these the people and they'll always have a place in my heart and they'll always this. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> like, They screwed me over and made me feel worthless. I don't have to love them. Like, I don't have to have love in my heart. I get to just say, no, I don't like you. And you were mean to me. It's messed up that we expect women to kind of have this ridiculous, all-encompassing love for people who are so toxic. Like, I feel like that leads to a lot of people staying in horrible relationships a lot longer than they should where it's like well you're the all-suffering patient woman like put up with it you know like yeah absolutely (laughs) and that's like you're not allowed to be angry like um yeah like 100 you should be angry like they in one of the studies that they did they actually realized that men and women's anger feel exactly the same to both of them yeah. There is nothing that is like special about women's anger versus men's anger other than the fact that as a society, we don't allow us to express it or feel it the same way. Nope. <laughs> but it's like, it's completely human. Like everyone is feeling anger the exact same uh-huh. way that you are. We just aren't taught to deal with it the same way. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I read that article and it first brought up like the sad girl versus angry girl, I was just like, I'll do well. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly what both represent. And it's funny that like even still like, all the Taylor Swift criticism came back. And I, I I just think it's so funny. Like, it's been this long. Get over it. Yeah. And my response to that is no. It's like, been seven years. I would hate to be identified by someone that I was in high school. <laughs> I bet Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't like being reminded of who he was 10 years ago. But you know what? I don't feel bad for him at all. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know if I should cut that out or explain <laughs> it. Uh <laughs> Again, just more gossip, more tea about a passive-aggressive message I got. It's fine. (laughs) I wanted to kind of throw in, like, a little bit of art history part of this as well. That, like, there are so many paintings and sculptures of, like, sad and suffering and helpless women just all throughout history. There's a really famous sculpting piece. It's called The Rape of the Sabine Women. And she looks horrified. Obviously, it's depicting a rape or you think of like there's art that shows the abduction of Persephone and just like she looks completely helpless like the damsel in distress kind of just over and over again and then to look back and realize like the ultimate power and prize of Artemisia Gentowski's Judith beheading Hall of yeah mm-hmm. like just where she was able to like even clear back in the Baroque period when like I'm sure women being angry was even more frowned upon 
to take like a situation that happened to her and then show women being powerful and strong and like in positions over men in her artwork yeah. that's a plug for our Artemisia Dentowski episode <laughs> I know our, one of our very very yeah. first that we did but mm-hmm. still so interesting and so yes cool. and such a powerful painting that I feel like just perfectly describes like female rage Mm-hmm. in like such beautiful way as well where it's like look women have been angry from the beginning of time like that is a biblical story of judith beheading holofernes and yet jentoski was the only one that was actually able to show a woman being powerful and strong and angry in yeah. the moment and they're not always beautiful in their anger because anger no. in general is a pretty like <laughs> ugly thing it's messy yeah. of course it is and i i remember like talking about that when we first did our artemisia episode of mm-hmm. like that yeah she actually showed the women as like ugly and angry not just like because mm-hmm. remember there's the comparison of like a woman who was just like la 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 like with the sword <laughs> just like gently doing it <laughs> yeah. over the guy's head as it's like no if you're like <laughs> beheading someone like that's pretty yeah. gruesome <laughs> well it's crazy to me to think that like still in the time period we're in like women are expected to be like delicate and beautiful all the time when it's like we're literally going through like childbirth and war and like yeah you know and it's like why is that continuing to be like the feminine epitome of Ideal. beauty yeah yeah it's like this graceful delicate damsel in distress it's like no <laughs> like, women are freaking strong <laughs> like, and also like yeah. also in distress like yes. let me be in distress as well exactly. and anyways I love this quote. It's from Meg in Hercules. I've always loved it when she goes, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Classic. Or it's still. just like, yeah, I'm distressed, but I've got it. We're good. <laughs> like, all's, all's well. Like, don't worry. This kind of, I'll transition to the original article I found mm-hmm. about female pop stars dropping their F-bombs. And the article was about that new song, A-B-C-D-E-F-U. Which um, is so great. <laughs> I know. That's. I mean, I feel like it's definitely gotten overplayed. Maybe people mm-hmm. are sick of it, but like, I, I think it's clever. So I. It think is very clever. It's very good, and of course, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license and like mm-hmm. the her debut single had it. Good for you. Yes. Um, and Billie Eilish is happier than ever. Oh, that is which, such a perfect example I, of rage. I love that song. <laughs> so much especially that even within that song there's kind of the sad girl and the angry girl where yes it has that and transition. it leads up to that angry yeah girl. the article also brought up the all too well which now drops the f-bomb mm-hmm. which you know f the patriarchy <laughs> yeah good for taylor relatable <laughs> uh-huh which of course like curse words and pop music aren't necessarily anything new but i think that seeing that young female artist who speech has historically been more far like you know far more tightly policed than that of their like male counterparts mm-hmm. this is a quote from gail who's the singer of abc to she said i knew that abc had the possibility of offending people i didn't think it was offensive but i know that a teenage girl being very comfortable in her emotions and in her anger and not being apologetic about it that can be jarring for some people and she recalled playing the song for her grandma for the first time and she said and obviously i was nervous about what she was gonna say after the song her grandma quote looked at me and was like you get to say all the things that i wasn't able to at 17 and that that kind of put it into perspective which Mm -hmm. goes back to like it's not like this is a new thing that like 
now girls are angry and saying the f word it's like no now maybe girls are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable saying it and expressing that than they would have before but it's not like these are new emotions that have never been felt before well yeah and i think especially like the people like you said like it's the people who are being allowed to do it like pink Mm -hmm. has always had kind of like explicit music but she was like punk and edgy you know and like older and then you think of taylor swift who were like before when if you wanted to get popular, you had to be able to be played on radio and TV. I mean, we didn't hear Taylor Swift swear until her late, late 20s. And it was like jarring to hear it for the first time. And it's like, how is this so jarring? Like, obviously, she probably isn't completely clean, beautiful language in her everyday life. It's like the good girl effect. Like to be on radio and TV, you had to be good. You had to be like Mm -hmm. the perfect Disney Channel worthy yeah star and then how it mentions that like by spotify and streaming services it's allowing people to be a little bit more open in what they're saying not rely on like that radio censorship as much Mm -hmm. i also like this quote about it that so cara diaguardi is like a big time songwriter and i think she was like pretty like she played a big role in gail getting discovered she said in abcdfu she's singing from the point of view of a very reasonable person who tried to give her boyfriend the benefit of doubt and take the high road and he was not doing the same by her and in that moment she's like you don't get to do that to me f you i'm like (laughs) "Yeah." yeah and then she says i mean how else would you put it if i could have used the word back when i was writing i totally would have and something that the article brings up is that like in the wake of the streaming movement like with spotify and apple music like it almost allows artists to i don't know reclaim their agency in what Mm -hmm. they want to say because like you said like you couldn't really put that on the radio before and like that makes sense like no one wants to obviously if you're a mom driving your kids around like you don't want to have your children listening to the f word and like you do have to have environments where it is clean of course like i'm not like saying it's bad if someone wants to listen to a clean version of a song i mean we literally have a clean podcast yeah like we make the effort to not swear on our podcast so that for the same reason yeah so that Uh you can listen to it wherever and whenever you want to Mm -hmm. but at the same time i thought it was just like interesting that like streaming is providing that way that you can have it and so when people get that choice it's like cool then the artist gets to put it however they want Mm -hmm. and i thought that was interesting no i agree it definitely allows them to have more of a voice yeah obviously we're all for (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) to end there's just like a few things i wanted to bring up at the very end from that same podcast episode that we've been talking about she talked about how she intuitively embraced and supported other women's anger but struggled Mm. to claim her own Mm -hmm. and i think that can be like a very common thing for everybody yeah some of this had to do with the ways that i'd been lucky i'd experienced all kinds of gender aggression but nothing equivalent to the horror story so many other women had lived through but it also had nothing to do with an abiding aversion to anger that still festered like a rot inside me and what i had always understood as self-awareness i don't get angry i get sad mm-hmm. <laughs> i came to see my own complicity as the same logic that has trained women to bury their anger or perform its absence and i loved that because I think it's very easy, especially with so much injustice being called out in the world with like the Me Too movement and everything else to be like, I'm too privileged to be angry. 
I can't be angry because nothing that bad has happened to me. Yeah, or like, I don't have to get as angry as these other women do. They actually mm-hmm. have something to be angry about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like, no, your anger is still valid. <laughs> like, and also, every like, emotion you feel. Yeah, your anger is, like, a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, of course you're going to get angry to things. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And the fact that she was able to say that, like, I've learned that by having this aversion to my own anger... I was like doing the same thing that all of these other women have been trained to do, like Mm -hmm. to bury your anger. I also love calling out like the fact that she had always understood it as Mm self-awareness because I feel like I definitely have used that exact same line with myself of like, oh no, I'm just self-aware of my feelings. Like I'm just not allowing myself to get to that point. I'm just dealing with it. But you know, like I said earlier, it's not like I was actually dealing with it. I was just pushing it aside (laughs) because I was in such strong denial (laughs) of the way I was actually feeling. I agree. And then I love, 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 love this quote by Maya Angelou. She says, you should be angry. You must not be bitter. Bitterness is like cancer. It eats upon the host. It doesn't do anything to the object of its displeasure. So use that anger. You write it. You paint it. You dance it. You march it. You vote it. You do everything about it. You talk it. Never stop talking it. I love the never stop talking it Mm -hmm. because I... I also feel like sometimes it's like, oh, I'm only allowed to feel anger for a very, very short amount of time. And then I don't have the right to be angry anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like like I said, there's obviously ways to handle anger. And so it's not consuming your life. And so you're able to function in society and, (laughs) you know, have relationships with people. But at the same time, it's like, no, if you've been wronged and you're mad about it, like you don't have to only grant that a small window of anger. You get to you get to be as angry about it as I don't know. Maybe like a licensed therapist would disagree with what I'm saying here, but <laughs> I know whatever. possibly. But <laughs> I also think it's important to realize that like emotions from experiences kind of come and go in waves. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something that I've been dealing with, where it's like you'll feel sad for a while and then that goes away, and then you get angry, and then you're mm-hmm. fine, and then you feel sad again. And then you get angry. And then... Yeah, and I think that that's a very normal part of human experience absolutely and if everyone was just more open about their emotions like men included like I think as a general public we could all just be better at like recognizing how we're feeling and like then maybe like as a public we could figure out better ways to deal with all of this well I also think too of like all the moments in relationships where I was angry but then I bit my tongue because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be angry or I didn't want to be angry at that person or I thought that you know it wouldn't go well and then now, like how many things are left unsaid? Like, exactly. And even the people that it's not like, it's not like looking at my husband where it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, I should have told him because now I feel angry at him. Like sometimes even now, like people who've done me wrong, I'm like, I didn't mm-hmm. even tell them how angry they made me. And I, and it's like, I kind of regret it, you know, said that it's, I, I don't want to advocate for it. So speak r- rudely and horribly and act on your impulses and be angry. Like there's a balance, but like, if you're just letting things go unsaid and like sweeping things under the rug and like you're just disservicing yourself and then you're just not sticking up for yourself like you get to speak even if you're angry like in the end of my relationship I like shielded him so much from my anger and even my sadness and it's like why was I placating myself for someone who didn't care anymore (laughs) yeah like you know it just you had every right to feel every single emotion yeah and the fact that I, I just, like, hit it all until it just, like, festered inside me. And then there's no way to deal with it anymore. Like, exactly. so many like, who, <laughs> what are you supposed to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's not healthy to hide your anger. 
mm-hmm. at all. And I think art is a great way to deal with that, but also just like telling people sometimes be like, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm really mad at you <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> Do it for when I wasn't able to, since I'm not yeah. able to anymore. <laughs> I mean, can you just send an email and be like, by the way, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I think they get the point after <laughs> everything that's come out. Oh, it's man. Fine. Yeah. I just, yeah. I like how it all ties into like art and everything else, but then obviously just in general, women should Yeah, I really love that quote. But also, like, the you must not be bitter. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I think I got a little called out there. I think I should work <laughs> on that. <laughs> Allow the anger, work on the bitterness. <laughs> yeah. You don't want the anger to, like, transform you and, like, shield you no. off to, like, other opportunities and other life. And I think that's what bitterness is, is, like, yeah, when you let it change you and you let it cloud new possibilities, new relationships, new everything. I think that's what bitterness is. I agree. Anyways. Yeah. I think like so this is a bit more different than other episodes a little bit more is this like a educational like podcast or is this like event session maybe both it's all right are we a lifestyle podcast or for this episode I'll take it yeah kind of anyway thanks for being here everybody I hope that if you're angry I hope you feel justified in your anger and Mm -hmm. I hope you deal with that in a healthy way yes and we're always our dms are always open if you want to rant about anything like that's fine that's that's a a healthy way to channel your anger and allow yourself to still feel it and if you're enjoying this episode in particular then leave us a rating and review tell your friends about it we love having as many people here as we can so yes we do and we'll be back next week with a new woman artist in celebration Mm of women's history month Woohoo! It's a good month to be angry. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>